Welcome to Social Scoop Podcast, hosted by your biz BFF, Kristen Busquet, and thank you for being here. Every Tuesday, we release a brand new episode for entrepreneurial influencers who are looking to more successfully and sustainably monetize their influence while keeping the soul in social media. We'll be spilling the tea on all the latest and greatest tests, features, and releases from the top social media platforms and bring you a valuable conversation with some of the top voices in the influencer and social media industry. Plus, I'm an open book. If you hear something in this episode that you want to chat about further, send me a message on Instagram at yoursocialmate or kbusk. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 18 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen Busquet, and I am your host today and every day of this podcast. (laughs) I have so much awesome news for you guys today, and we also have a great quote to get the week started And I wanted to talk about some issues that some of us have probably been seeing on Instagram lately. So we are going to dive right into it because we got a lot to talk about. And I'm trying to make these intros shorter so that you guys can get right into that fun part of the episode with all the interviews and everything. So let's get into it. First things first. TikTok published this awesome report that basically shares some of the most popular and rising trends and hashtags for creators. So this is something that I will have linked in the show notes of this episode. I highly, highly suggest you go look through it if you're using TikTok at all. It's very cool to see like some of the hashtags that are becoming more popular, some of the trends that are becoming more popular this year so that you can start to implement more into your content. So I definitely would recommend checking that out. It's a really good one. Some Instagram news. Instagram is working on the add yours sticker, but for reels, and it's going to be called remix me. So essentially what this is, is basically the TikTok duet feature, but for Instagram. So we've seen those little add yours stickers on Instagram stories. So this will be the add your sticker, but for reels. So all of the reels that are created using this add yours feature will all be in the same spot. They'll all live together in the same spot. So if you wanted to uh, maybe say it was, you know, show your funniest dog video or something. And so you created a dog video and put it on the add yours sticker, or as they're calling it, the remix me sticker then you'd be able to click on that sticker and see all the funny dog videos that people uploaded there. So it's kind of a cool way to see more pieces of content in the same niche or the same category if you're looking for something really specific. So I think this is pretty cool. I also think it's a great opportunity to reach more people. You know, you can kind of hop on maybe these Remix Me stickers that are trending or that a lot of people are adding to really quickly. And it would definitely be a really great opportunity for growth and a larger reach on that piece of content. So definitely excited for this one. Uh, Seems actually really beneficial for creators. So we love what Instagram comes out with things like that. Next, Instagram is working to show if a contact is online in the stories viewer. So what that will look like, say I am sending you a DM through stories, how I can kind of have that little comment section at the bottom of stories. It goes right to your DMs. Right above that, it will say your username is active with a little green dot or is inactive with a little red dot so that I can see if I'm sending you a a DM in response to your story that you're active or not active, which is kind of dangerous because I'm not going to lie. A lot of the times I'm active, but I'm not necessarily responding to DMs. 
I don't want people to think that I'm ignoring them. I simply do not have the mental capacity sometimes to go into my DMs. I need to be mentally prepared to go into my DMs. I don't know if you feel the same way, but this could be a hit or miss. I don't know how I feel about this yet. We'll see how it goes when it's actually out. And actually, the last piece of news here, this one's a quick, uh, this week's a quick one. Instagram is working on the new subscription sticker. So pretty recently, we had heard about subscriptions on Instagram. It's almost like a Patreon sort of program for Instagram users. And basically, this subscription sticker will be something that you can now pop into your Instagram stories if you have an active subscription uh, that your audience can subscribe to. And they will be able to, you know, click that and go to the subscription section, which we haven't really seen anything, you know, about just yet. Uh, Seems again, like they're putting this all together for it to kind of all release at once from what I understand. But this subscription sticker will lead your followers to the subscription area where they can check out your subscriptions or subscription option. So not sure how I'm feeling about subscriptions yet. Again, I feel like it's really early for us to be making decisions on this, but it could be really cool or it could be super salesy and annoying. So we're just going to have to see what happens. One thing that I wanted to talk about this week, I was actually having a conversation with my friend Sonia and we were talking about Instagram and growth just being so slow lately and how kind of discouraging it is because you automatically think, oh, well, you know, if my posts aren't performing well, I'm doing something wrong. Like, or it just feels so you feel so defeated and you almost like either blame it on yourself or you blame it on Instagram and the algorithm. But I actually want to bring up something that I think is really important that we were talking about. I think it's important for you to understand this so that there's another option thrown in the mix as to why engagement and growth have been kind of low lately. Not kind of low. They're pretty fucking low. So consider the way the internet is changing. Okay, so like we have TikTok and I'm sure that most people listening are on TikTok, at least listening or, you know, watching. You don't have to necessarily be someone who's creating videos to know how addicting TikTok can be. A lot of the times when you're on TikTok, you are scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. You are going from video to video and it is an endless loop of you scrolling, right? How many times do you stop to leave a comment to like the video, uh, to go to that person's page and follow them, make that commitment. Honestly, I would say probably one in every 15 videos, maybe one in every 20 videos, will I actually go to that person's page and say like, okay, what are they all about? I want to go follow them. And then, you know, an even smaller amount of the time, do I actually follow them? So, you know, you have a lot of steps to get through to get to a place where someone is going to come to your page and actually take that, you know, initiative to follow you. The same goes for Instagram. You know, like people are consuming things so differently because of TikTok. On TikTok, we're used to again just scrolling, 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 consume as much as possible. We don't even care about stopping for likes and comments and follows. TikTok has changed the way that we use social media. It absolutely has. So I think that this is definitely translating into Instagram because I almost feel lazier on Instagram lately. Like I have to like 
be good friends with the person or really love the content or it have to be really engaging for me to be like, oh, I'm going to stop and comment on this. But a lot of the times I'm just scrolling. So think about this next time you get discouraged. This could just be our new norm. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. I just think it's something that we have to get used to. So I wanted to bring that up. But because I'm all about actionable steps and really giving you you know, tangible things that you can actually go do instead of just being like, well, you know, that sucks for us. We'll have to get over it. I want to give you some things that you can actually do. So get a pen and paper and write these down. First things first, anyone who comments on your photos, your reels, anything like that, that you don't know, and you have not had a conversation with, send them a DM. There's that reply button right next to any comment that someone leaves on your page that says uh, message. You click that button. It's going to show that you are responding to a comment. So what I always like to do is send those people messages. Thank you for engaging. Like it really, I really genuinely am thanking you because honestly, sometimes it just feels really rough out there. I want to thank the people that are actually taking the time. So I'll send that person a message and say, hey, thanks for the comment. You know, I actually haven't seen you around on my page before. Um, You know, I'm Kristen. It's nice to meet you. And then I'll start a conversation with them. And honestly, that has blossomed into so many great friendships. But it's a great way to keep your engagement up, get people to really buy into your community and realize that it is a community and that they can hang out here and feel safe. So I love doing that. It's been a really great connection uh, initiative for me. So definitely something I would suggest. Number two, in your Instagram stories, I want you to once a month, I don't care if you do it on the same day every month, set a calendar in your, or an alarm in your calendar, whatever you have to do. On stories, ask your audience who's watching that you've never had a one-on-one conversation with. I usually will post a yes or no poll and say, hey, have we ever talked in the DMs? Have I ever introduced myself? Have we ever had a conversation one-on-one before? Anyone who votes no, I will send them a DM and say, hey, I saw your response to my poll that we've never talked. I Thanks so much for being here. Um, I want to introduce myself to you. My name's Kristen. This is what I do. What's up? What's tell me about yourself? And I'll start conversations with with people that way. That's actually I was just talking to one of my mentorship students, Carissa, about this. She is actually someone that I initiated that conversation with. Now she's in my mentorship program. We talk all the time. She's a great friend of mine. So great way to make connections with people. You have to make the the initiative to do that. The third one is especially for anyone who is selling anything or especially if you have like sponsored posts going live, things like that, that you are trying to promote. This is something I learned in my podcast program that I'm in. Uh, The quote was, don't promote, participate. Spend 15 minutes each day responding to comments that other people leave on your competitors' profiles. You know, get engaged in conversations that people are going to come to your page and be like, oh, I totally understand why she wants to get in this conversation. She's she's huge into social media. She's huge into plants, whatever the conversation was about. Um, and basically, you know, you can stop spending time directly promoting your product or your service or your offer and just get people familiar with you. And then eventually they're going to find out that you offer something, you know, some specific offer, service, product again, and they're going to be like, wow, I feel so connected to this person. Now I want to support them. But like if you meet Joe Schmo off the street, do you automatically want to like buy into their mentorship program or like buy the jewelry that they make? Maybe not unless it's like something really crazy. People, this actually is going to get us into 
our quote, okay? So you have those three actionable items. Think about those. I hope you wrote them down. If not, rewind and write them down. Our quote today is actually directly related to number three. So the quote is, and I don't know who said this. I found it on Pinterest. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. No matter what you're doing, there needs to be a deeper purpose for that. They, Your audience and your customers want to support you because of what's fueling you. You know, like they want to support you because you want to make a change in the industry. They want to support you because you, you know, are trying to quit your nine to five job and spend more time at home with your kids. You know, like they don't care about another t-shirt or another pair of earrings or whatever it is. They want to support why you're doing it. So make sure that your why is on display everywhere. Like you cannot tell people your why enough. So keep that in mind. Without further ado, we're going to get into the interview portion of today's episode. I have one more question though. I need you to do this for me. This is very important. I need you to pause this podcast and I need you to send me a DM and let me know your answer to this question. I have been considering sometime in the near future starting to do our regular episode every Tuesday like we are right now and also a small 15-20 minute mini episode where it's just me coaching through one topic of discussion. You know, maybe it's how to grow on reels or how to use hashtags, whatever it is. Let me know if you find that that would be beneficial for you or if it's just one more thing for you to listen to. Be honest with me. I need you to help me here. So, Now, without further ado, we're getting into the amazing interview that I'm so freaking excited for you guys to listen to. Let me know how you like it, and I hope you enjoy. I am so excited to have today's guest on. It is Danny DeSatnik, and he is the social media manager at Hashtag Paid. I honestly have so many questions for you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, for sure, Kristen. Happy to be on. Also, for anyone who's not seeing this on video, you're wearing like the best hashtag sweatshirt right now. And I feel like it's so appropriate for your job. (laughs) (laughs) The first person to reach out to me on whatever social and tell me where they'd want to wear the hashtag sweater, we will send a sweater to. Okay, I love that. (laughs) So there we go. (laughs) Is it like, does the company make them? Um, yeah, so there's a why, there's a really long history with it. What actually ended up happening was Two, two, well, the co-founders went on a trip, a work trip. This must have been like five or six years ago. And they went to a conference and they were speaking and they wanted to stand out. And they were, they went to, I think they went to, the story was like, they went to a mall. They wanted to find clothes that were a little bit more flashy than what like, right. the typical person would find. And they happened to stumble upon this hashtag sweater at H&M. <laughs> okay. And so, so they bought out the supply at H&M gave it to the employees and then they realized wait we should just make these sweaters ourselves and so they've made these sweaters and so everyone at the company has them we have like 500 sitting in some locker somewhere but for everyone listening who might know me i'm in debt like 125 sweaters (laughs) to people because i've been giving them out i'm like yeah you get a sweater i'm like oprah you get a sweater you get a sweater you get a sweater and we just haven't figured out a system yet to send people sweaters so that's so funny but yeah it's a it's such a fun piece It really is. I was like, I have to say something. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself and your role as a social media manager at Hashtag Paid. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess about me, I'm I'm driven by curiosity, fueled by passion, grew up, uh, born and raised in Toronto, Canada. Um, 
now I find myself at Hashtag Paid. We're a creator marketing company based out of Toronto, operate across North America. I am the social media manager, so I oversee all socials, uh, try to ideate on socials, try to strategize on socials and represent our brand both on the creator side, but also on the marketer side. Hashtag paid for people that don't know, we're a creator marketing platform that brands will use to find the best creators to work with, then start working with those creators for their creator marketing campaigns, track all performance, amplify the best so uh, amplify the best creative. And then we have a creator community, which is not an exclusive community anyone can join, but we do have a creator community in which this is where we pull the creators from in order to match them with the right brands that are on our platform um, for the best collaborations. And so that's a little bit about me, about hashtag paid um, and about where we sit right now. Yeah, I feel like your job as a social media manager, you know all of the struggles that us creators and influencers also go through with running social media, but then you're doing it for this huge company. So I feel like there's got to be even more pressure on you. It must be like a little hectic at times. You know, it's funny you said that first part. So I've actually decided, so I started, I, I took over socials in September of this past year. Okay. And I just decided to say, you know what, I need a way to better relate to all the creators I'm trying to speak to and understand the struggle. And so what I did is I joined a creator community or like a creator boot camp over the past okay. five weeks to get in the mindset and actually understand it. Uh, and yeah, ridiculous what you and all the creators <laughs> have to go through. It's, it's obscene, like the amount of time it takes to caption a video yet like it's so small so yep. important yet it takes so much time it's wild um and go but i guess going back to the idea of overseeing socials for a company like hashtag paid yeah i guess there is a bit of pressure the way i see it though is almost in like three or four like three or four rules like one you have to say that you have to see that history repeats itself and so if you've done something like this before like you have to give yourself credit that it will come together when you don't know but it will come together right um and then there's the other side too that I find myself as an ideas person. And so every day, like I'm inspired by one thing and, oh, how can we bring this together for social on this side? Or, oh, you take this together. How can you take this trend and adapt it to what we're doing and want to do? And so I almost see it as like an exciting challenge, but there are the downfalls of working in social media for <laughs> oh, sure. <yeah. laughs> uh, but try have as much fun as possible because if not, I don't know, I guess you're just, I guess a little philosophical, but I guess you're just wasting time, right? Yeah. If you're, if you're stressing too much, but the stress is definitely there. I can't, oh, uh, yeah. I can't glaze over it for sure. It's there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think as a creator or an influencer, you definitely have to be able to like take trends and figure out like, how can we create something that makes sense for me and my audience or my mm. niche or content pillars, whatever. But as social media managers, I mean, you guys have to do the exact same thing, mm. except to represent a whole business like you know you're not necessarily like I am where I'm like hey guys you know like this this and this like what people are mm -hmm. used to hearing from me and everything I feel like it must be a little bit more difficult representing a brand because to some level you have to say like pretty professional you know you have companies who are paying you you know at hashtag paid thousands and thousands of dollars to host these campaigns and things like that so mm -hmm. there's a lot riding on it where you do have to be a little bit professional too I, you know what? I would say yes, but I'd also say no, right? Like I'm not, I'm definitely not the person to be like Paps Blue Ribbon and go with an unhinged <laughs> tweet 
and just like completely throw off the world in order to get clicks and engagement. Definitely not. But the way I see social is it's the relationship level between the company and the audience that you're trying to reach. Yeah. And so every day, I I guess it's it's a, it's like a framework that I try to put myself in. Like every day, if I'm walking down the street and I'm meeting someone for the first time or I'm interacting with someone for the first time, like how, how would I be such that I leave a strong impression? So whether it's you look good or you're bopping to some music that other people really want to jam to as well. And you know that those people are in your audience and it's a very similar way that I, I see it. So one, I'd say, yeah, obviously important to define like who you are on socials, regardless yeah. of what social you're on. But the second thing, and this is kind of what I fall back to, is, and I'm lucky that at Hashtag Paid, I have a little bit more creative reign than I would if I was at like a Molson Coors or a Nike, yeah. where you have to go through a bajillion different people to post just like one thing. Exactly. But I think it's the idea that social is ephemeral. And so if I post something today, or if I put out a TikTok tomorrow, and no one sees it, or if someone sees it, and a couple people get mad, like, there's so much going on in your life that you do not care about hashtag paid. And so I think I have a decent amount of judgment to be like, I'm not going to do anything prejudiced. I'm not going to say anything racist. I'm not going to say anything entitled. And so if I try something that's a little bit different, and people at the company don't like it, or the audience doesn't like it, they're not going to care about hashtag paid tomorrow. And so whatever, (laughs) that goes back and you try something different tomorrow, which is almost that's where I sit. And that's like my pocket. That's my creative sandbox. And the last thing is, I found that in the past, when I was getting into social media, when I looked at a bunch of different companies and a bunch of different brands to see like, what did they do right? It wasn't so much the idea of the trends. It was more just the idea that they use social as a creative sandbox. And because you're seeing engagement, you're seeing reception right away, that can then lead to a massive marketing campaign for your company that you would have maybe had to spend $50,000, $100,000 with an agency for. Sure, and so that's sure. how I like to present social to our team all the time. Like, look what I'm look what I'm testing. Oh, this was a cool signal. Maybe we can do this. And everyone's like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, let's do that. Versus the, here's my 12-month plan. I have my content calendar. Yep. I might talk about this. I might talk about that. Um, so yeah, pressure. You have to be respected <laughs> for sure. And you, you have to be a little filtered. But what's social without having a little fun and, and and trying to be as creative as you can, you know? Yeah. And I think one thing you touched on there that's so important for literally anyone who does anything in social media is that trial and error mm-hmm. of like, well, I see something that could be something. A lot of the times you have to just take that idea and run with it. And again, like it could be something that is the biggest campaign you've ever done and it blows up the company like crazy, or it could be something that there's just total crickets on. But you never know until you go out and try those things. And I think being a risk taker on social media is a lot of the times when people find their success or like they try something a little outside the box and then it goes crazy and they're like, oh, well, Mm. maybe I'm on to something here. And like, maybe this is something I can do more of and, and create a whole brand around. And I think that's like the coolest thing about TikTok right now is that so many creators are on there just being creative as hell, doing stuff with their favorite brands, talking about this, talking about that. If you're a social media manager, if you're in marketing at all at any company and your company is somewhat reputable that there's like an affinity towards the talking your brand, talk, talking about your brand, jump on social, see what people are saying. It's such a creative sandbox to then take those ideas and say, ooh, like this could be interesting. Like, let's do this. Like, for example, I know there was, I remember there was a TikTok I stumbled upon where there was a girl talking about how she goes, uh, Tinder, like, why haven't 
uh, you started a series where you pair singles on a plane over like a three or four hour plane ride. It, like at the end, see That's like, cool. did you make like, did love yeah. happen? Right? Was there a connection? And I was like, oh, this is cool. All right, what I'll do is I'll take this and I'll start, I'll start projecting out different ideas between different brands that could work with creators, like li- little things like that. You put it on, you put it on TikTok. For us, it didn't hit. Fine, doesn't matter. But I wouldn't have thought about that idea if I just wasn't scrolling and getting inspired by many others. And I think that's what TikTok and creators are doing for brands, where to what you were saying earlier, tons of inspiration, so much free creative opportunity and either work with that creator or take that inspiration back, steal like an artist and come up with like (laughs) the next best marketing campaign. Right. Yeah. I think that's one thing that I do really love about TikTok versus Instagram. I think on TikTok, there's a lot more people almost like taking chances with the things that they're talking about because there's such specific communities on TikTok for like Mm. the most niche things. Like I always use the example of those. Oh, I can never remember what they're called. They're like the uh, like bobblehead looking things, but they have the big heads. Oh, my gosh. What are they called? No, they're like, um, oh man, I'm going to pop Funko Pops, Funko Pops. Oh, I see like, I don't know how, like I'll get in a hole. I come across one video and I'm like, there are so many pages that just share Funko Pop stuff that are like millions and millions of followers. And it's Mm. these weird little niches that you don't really realize are as saturated as they are. And like, you don't realize there are that many people that care about that random thing but tiktok is so good for finding those really specific communities and it's always surprising to me when i find a new community that i'm like this exists like yeah and so on that too like kind of building off that which i've seen which i'm always so excited about is the fact that tiktok seems to be this place almost this like stage for people to take a product that wasn't supposed to be used in a certain way and just completely yep. put it in another form or another way to another audience in another setting. And again, super exciting as like a, a marketer who can say, oh, maybe we try build an image of our product in such a different way with, to your point, those niche communities yeah. that are so viral and there's so much interaction Im- amongst them, even if it isn't our true community go about it. It's going to create this mm-hmm. like really interesting piece of content, this really interesting piece of creative. I think about it all the time. I'm like, what can we do with a platform? Like, should we match make? Should we, should we do something that's very different again? So that right. that shareability is there. But yeah, to your point, those, those niche communities that you find and you go down on rabbit, you know, rabbit holes down is yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a time suck, but it's, it's crazy to experience what they're out, what else is out there in the world that we just don't see or that we don't even know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's, I think, one of the beauties of social media, TikTok specifically, though, TikTok for Mm. sure. Um, So at Hashtag Paid, you guys obviously connect brands with creators um, and vice versa. So tell us about how that process works for brands behind the scenes. I always think it's so important for influencers listening to understand how it works on the brand side as well, because Mm. when they're equipped with that information, I think they can do a lot better when it comes to pitching or, you know, understanding the brand's goals and and pitching ideas based on that. So how does that kind of work where brands find you and how do they decide like who they're picking and what their campaigns are going to look like with the help of hashtag paid? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, to to that point, for sure, it's always so interesting to see like what goes on behind the scenes versus just getting a message as a creator and being like, hey, this yeah. brand wants to work with you. So the way we go about it is it starts off with the campaign brief. And I think like any creative endeavor that's going to be done, it's always, all right, what's the goal? Who are yeah. you looking to target? What's the core messaging? What are the do's? What are the don'ts? Who are we looking for? And so that's all done on the platform. So the brand will come in, they'll fill out their creative brief, probably take some 10 ish minutes to actually just get it all done. And then they submit it and they submit it to the platform. Now, once that's submitted, we take all that data and start to use that data to find the best fit creators in our network of creators. So yeah. we have, so people can opt, creators can opt into hashtag paid community. We don't have a scraping tool just like some other platforms, maybe something right. like an Upfluence, for example, where you can reach hundreds and millions and thousands of, of creators. And so we take all that data and we use that to find the most relevant creators. And so this could be something like, oh, it could be as simple as age, gender, demographic. It could also be something a little bit more niche of, oh, maybe we're working with Kristen and we want to know do these creators have an affinity towards social or do they hate social? Because Kristen's running a campaign about how, oh, if you hate social, like maybe there's a new way to think about social. Right. And so we'll find creators that have this affinity or, or have this interest that you're looking for through sometimes it's a poll, sometimes it's profile data that we've collected on them. Those creators then get shortlisted. And those shortlisted creators then get a message through our, our platform, but which will also come through as an email to say, hey, Kristen yep. and her team want to work with you. Like, let us know if this is of interest. And so you'll go to the page, you'll see their brief, you'll see everything they need. You'll see, they may say, oh, you need to be this age and have this and have that and have that. If everything checks off and you're good with these posting dates and, and also maybe we'll need whitelisting licensing or we just want content or maybe we want po like distribution as well. All of that's there. And the creator will then say yes or no. When they say yes, and I think this is the super important part for all creators, is the creators will then pitch the brand. So it's, hey, yeah, I know this is your campaign. Okay, I've had experience doing this. Here's my creative thought of like how I can bring my audience to what you're doing. I could probably do three, four stories to showcase the narrative. And then we can do a video integration, whatever it may be. That then gets sent to the brand. So the brand will see like 15 or 20 creators, maybe sometimes more depending. But who these people are what their creative ideas, what their pitch is to that brand. And then the brand decides who they want to work with and what content they want from each creator. Once that's figured out, that's signed off on, and then the campaign starts. So you either get told, yes, you're selected for the campaign, or you get told, unfortunately, the brand didn't select you for the campaign. Right. But that's how it all works up until the point when the brand finds the creators they want to work with, they start the relationship, and then the campaign happens. Yeah, two actually really cool things that you mentioned. First, I think it's really interesting how hashtag paid versus other influencer platforms I've used, how instead of having like this job board where anyone can apply to anything, you guys really find the creators that are going to actually be a good match. Like I'll get that message that says like, you're being considered in the top 50. Mm. And it's always a brand that I can see myself actually working with. Like it's never awesome. like some weird random company. And a lot of the times I think that's something that influencers 
maybe don't pay attention to as much as they should because they want to just work with as many brands as possible. And maybe some of those brands aren't really the best fit for them. So I think that's really smart that you guys do that. But something else that I think that you mentioned that's really important for creators to know as well is that whole process where you guys are the ones saying, okay, to the brand, you know, brand, these are creators that we can see, uh, you know, working with you. And then you give that information out to those uh, creators to see if they're interested, then they pitch, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. And a lot of influencers that I know who use different influencer platforms don't even send the message or they might be mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, thanks for considering me looking forward to it. But like, there's no meat of like, this is why you should choose me. So in those messages, like what can creators say that can kind of like put them maybe you know, ahead of other creators who are also being considered for campaigns? Yeah, such a good question. And we think about this all the time, because to be honest, the the best opportunity for creators is when they pitch, like genuinely yeah. when they pitch. But the pitch is to your point, not the, hey, I love your product. Let's work. <laughs> but it's hey, like, this is how I can bring what you're looking to do to life. Um, now, on the other side, it takes a bit more time. Right. And it sometimes right. it sucks, right? When you put this <laughs> thought and this effort into this pitch and the brand's like, wow, like this, but you know what? We're going with someone else. But to go to your question though, I think the most important part, um, and I was speaking to a guy named Justin Moore about this. I, I think I connect you to Justin. Yes. Justin came on my pod and he had such a good perspective, which was, and I feel this too as a marketer where we're trying to work with creators to represent hashtag paid. A lot of the time marketers and their teams will say, all right, we have a budget of 10K for influencer marketing, for creator yep. marketing. Um, and fine, we want five creators and five videos and four photos, whatever it may be. And they're looking at it pretty transactionally, which is totally fair because at the end of the day, you have to do this efficiently and you can't spend a yeah. lot of time. That's cool. The thing is, if you come in as a creator and you see, okay, this is what their goal is. This is what they're going for. This is the campaign. If you can create a package or like a true pitch to that brand to say, Hey, all right, let's do four videos. And this will be the first video. This is the second, this is the third, this is the fourth. This is how it's all going to come together. My audience loves this. They, they like this. They like that. Here is the vision for me to you to integrate your product or service into my audience. So often you will unlock so much more budget for yourself because you are helping yep. that brand or that marketer really conceive, Oh, what could this creative strategy be? At the end of the day, Yes, as marketers were creative, some are more creative than others. Some are going through agencies and they're actually not coming up with the creative themselves. And so to just assume that, oh, you're working with a big brand, they probably have everything figured out and they want what they want and their budget is what their budget is, is so not true. And so show them your creative strategist side that shows you understand the product, you understand your audience, here's how you're going to bring it to life present them with a little bit of an option like the best creators that we've seen have have said all right cool you know we could go one package three videos two stories do this or if you you don't want that okay we can go this narrative with just two stories in a post and whatever it may be and so often marketers are running to their directors to be like we have to unlock budget because look at what they presented this would be a perfect fit like this is exactly what we need um and it happens with me all the time too where i'll reach out to someone and say hey i want to run this event with you here's our budget and they'll say okay cool but you know what if we do this but then I'd need like 3K instead of 1K. Yeah. Yo, I'm down. I love that idea. Cool. Oh, that's so cool. Hey, director, we need this right now. And so coming back to it to round it out, definitely painting that vision for the brand to say, how are you going to take their product into your world? And what can that creative actually look like? And 
giving them that package can be so, so powerful for unlocking not only budget and chance to work, but also like a long-term creative partnership because then that brand knows, oh shit, they're tapped in. They know exactly, exactly. what we want, right? So that's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think being an influencer is not, it's like almost 50% where you are creating and you know, you're really good at photography and video and you have personality, all of that. But I think half of it is also understanding how to be a good business owner, you know, like a good service provider. If you don't understand what the brand is looking for and how they can achieve that, then how are you supposed to pitch yourself? You know, like a lot of times when I'm reading a creative brief, I might read and see that the goal of this campaign is to, you know, reach as many people, uh, give as much brand awareness as we can to our brand. And at that point, like, I'm not going to pitch just a story, you know, like I try and think about what are the things that in my personal profile and my personal brand are going to spread brand awareness the best. And like, those are the ideas that I will pitch. Again, I think you have to really understand the brand side and understand what brands are looking for, but then also be able to say like, I know my business well enough to know that this is how we can achieve it. And again, pitching those different ideas could really start some awesome relationships with brands for sure. Yeah. Right. Like it it comes to a point where, there are so many tools right now to make it feel so efficient. Oh, influencer marketing, creative marketing is so efficient now. You can work with 50 creators at the at the like click of a button and you can see yeah. great ROI. And yeah, that's true. The thing is, influencer marketing, creator marketing, you're working with humans and you're not working with a programmatic network or a billboard or whatnot. And so influencer marketing, it should be hard. It shouldn't be so easy where you're like, oh, what's up, Chris? Yeah. I want to work with you you know what, click this button, give me this photo, and and we'll see some success. Like, there's no way that works. And so I see the most, to your point, I see like the most exciting activations happening on the more bespoke level, like where it's not, let's influ- let's activate 100 influencers at scale right. and see what happens. Yes, there's a, a world for that, for sure. If you're If it's a gifting campaign, fine. Like, there's different goals, as you were saying. But the most impactful come where you let that creator give you access to their world, let them pitch you. That might lead to something that's incredible. You don't know what's going to come out of it. And I've seen so many times where that's turned into that creative then gets pushed into a national TV ad campaign. And then from there, they decide, you know what, maybe you should work on product development. Like you seem to really know what you want in in our product. Like, can you come in and can we do... There's so many, so much cool, so much opportunity. Yeah, the opportunities there, the possibilities are endless. It just has to. You have to come in with the idea of it's not going to be. It's not cookie cutter. It's not like very transactional. And if it is, you're capped. I think at where it can go. And so, to your point, there's a lot of exciting stuff that can happen when a little bit more work and a little more hardship, honestly, goes into working with creators or working with brands. Um, But it's hard when it's your it's your life and you're doing this all the time and you need <laughs> to make money and you can't you only have a bit of a creative bucket that you can pull from every single day and oh, so yeah. i get it but that's where <laughs> I, that that's where the magic happens yeah exactly i think you just have to kind of prioritize it in a way that makes sense and that's doable for you and then mm. you know hopefully it goes well um one thing that you mentioned was creating really nice like long lasting strong relationships between brands and creators mm. um recently in a post for hashtag page i or hashtag paid i saw that you mentioned uh brands and creators should date before getting married and i loved that like i thought that was a really good analogy um so what can a creator do to create those really strong 
relationships with brands before jumping even into a formal partnership with them. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm going to go back to Justin Moore on this because he has a great perspective. And it's <laughs> the idea of, it's the, honestly, it's the idea of sales. Like, right, when you're looking to sell something to a company, you're not just understanding that the sale is going to happen today and your your email today is going to lead to work tomorrow like there has to be a bunch of a, there has to be a relationship that's built over time yeah and, and at the end of the day you're working with humans and so the way we like if you and i like if you and i are going to build a friendship and a relationship i'm not going to just be like oh hey you want to go on a trip with me today no like you're going to slowly <laughs> work kristen what's up love your stuff yeah you too right. cool. let's talk oh cool i have a podcast jump on oh cool let's work to-. like it'll slowly evolve and so i think very right. similar with creators and brands if there's a brand that you love and you think fits so well with who you are and with your business and and with your brand and you've continued to use them for a while that's probably the first step is like show the brand hey my audience really takes to this and this could very well just be you showing what you've done with their product in the past and how nice it's turned out or what the creatives looked like you know right Step two could be, oh, look at the sentiment of my audience that's happening. Like they love it already. And so we're starting at a platform much higher than someone who hasn't worked with this product before. The third level, and this is this is tough, but you know, if you work with something like um reward style is now called, I think LT LTK. Uh, like to know it. L- like to know yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And so if you can sell that product through an affiliate link on like to know it. And then you can send it to the brand to be like, hey, this is organic. My audience knows exactly who you are. They've seen me talk about you all the time. They know that I love you. They love that I love right. that uh, your product. And hey, I've used some of your some of your affiliate links and look at the sales that are coming out of it. It's evidence. Honestly, like, yeah, like how can a brand, how can a brand say no? <laughs> and then the other side is if a brand's not running influencer marketing, I think there's again there's probably the option of just reaching out to them with the idea of let's not work today but like let me show you what could potentially happen like let me show you how we could work together what this could look like let's just build a relationship so that when you get to the point and you are running influencer marketing they like you as a creator are top of mind yeah because because at the end of the day as marketers we don't want to spend hours and hours and hours searching for the best creator like that's hashtag paid in a nutshell (laughs) but it's the same thing is you want to find great creators, but you have other stuff to do in your day. And so you don't want to spend hours on hours trying to be the scout because you don't really get paid for finding great talent. Exactly. And so if you're a creator who maybe puts 20% of your time towards just building relationships with the brands that you want to work with and knowing that, oh, it's going to be a relationship networking play now because it's going to be fulfilling and it's going to transform itself into an actual paid partnership in the future. That's probably the way that I would go about it. Yeah, I think it all really just boils down to connection, like remembering Mm. that there is another person on the other end. It's hard to believe sometimes when it's these huge brands that you see in Target and all these stores that you go to all the time, you start to kind of like put them so high above you as like they're they're almost not real when you're talking to them. But you have to remember it is another person on the other end. And especially for people who are running influencer campaigns they are so busy and are being pulled in a million different directions. Whatever a creator can do to make their life easier, I think is always going to go a long way. And those are the creators that are going to get rehired time and time again, because that Mm -hmm. campaign manager is going to say, 
They literally made my life so easy. Like they were so professional. They sent me their stuff on time. They followed the creative brief perfectly. Like those situations that run so smoothly, at least in my experience, have been the partnerships where like they will hire me time and time again because I've been reliable, professional, and just made their life easier. Yeah, uh, such a good point, right? The idea of in anything in life, like if you're looking <laughs> to work with someone else, how can you make their life easier? Right? Whether that's you're trying to get a promotion at work, all right, how can you make your director's life easier and show that what you can do in this new role is going to help him or her unlock a lot of time and this, right. or if it's a creator to a brand or I don't know if dating really works that way. Like you're not going to show like why, like can you make their life easier? It's more like you're going to enhance their life by being together. True. But uh, yeah, I I love that. And I think it it's so spot on that again, as as you were saying, as marketers, you have so you're getting pulled in so many different directions. Right, and exactly. So if, you, if you can be a stable house and a stable foundation for them throughout their campaigns, well, it's the easiest thing. It's the exactly. easiest thing. So such a good point. For sure. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the social media world uh, aside from just campaigns. Obviously, with you being so in invested in your time in social media, I'm sure you're scrolling for a majority of your time, um, <laughs> you know, to find different ideas and all these trends and try and stay relevant, I guess, because things mm. do move so quickly on social media. So right now, are there any trends that you're seeing that recently you've just been seeing happening so much more you've seen like these shifts or transitions from one type of content to another like what are the trends that you're seeing that you mm. think in this year in 2022 will kind of stick around yeah i'd say i think i'd say two things um so as a bit of a hot take like i'm not one to really like trends like when it comes to tiktok <laughs> like i don't like making videos that yeah. follow trends and i get that it'll pop on the fyp and it'll give you visibility and such anyway that's for that's for another time but what i have come across are two things one tiktok videos are doing so well being repurposed on linkedin on pinterest like yeah everywhere. there's a there's a creator named girl with jesse and she has a million uh, yeah, I think she she has a million on TikTok. Well, I can't say million. She has a million on TikTok <laughs> and she's repurposed some of those videos on Pinterest. Like she grows plants and vegetables and takes care of plants. And she's seeing hyper growth on Pinterest just based off of her TikTok content. So yeah. that's super cool. I know for us, like we'll repurpose a bunch of TikTok videos on LinkedIn. And also if you throw some, if you throw a caption on it, we throw captions on it, people take to it. And they yep. enjoy it. I guess it's a bit of a pattern interrupt because you're just seeing text and article, text Very and article. True. Here comes here comes a video. So that so repurposing TikToks has become, I think, a massive unlock on a lot of different platforms. And not only because other platforms are prioritizing videos, but I guess people are just taking to them. Uh, and I'm sure there's a better reason than what I'm giving. And the other <laughs> side is I so at hashtag paid, we we don't have a presence on Pinterest because I don't think marketers are going to Pinterest to be like, let's plan yeah. out our creator campaigns. Like, I don't think that's what's happening. But so I guess before I even say this, like I've never had experience with Pinterest that much. Like I've scrolled it a bunch when I'm looking to, how do I remodel my room or my desk? Maybe get get some <laughs> exactly. inspo for, for, for fashion fits. But I haven't really spent enough time there to be an expert at all or really talk to it. But there's a, another girl at Hashtag Paid who just joined, who's a strategist. Her name's Kristen also. So shout out all the Kristens in the world. <laughs> and 
she put me on to a really interesting perspective about Pinterest. She goes, the people that are on Pinterest a lot of the time are planning something. So whether it's yes, what's going to be my outfit tomorrow, what's going to be, what's my room going to look like, what's my planning food going to look like. Planning your wedding, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Your wedding, your events. Like it, it is such a great place for planning what's to come in the future. And because the behavior is like that on Pinterest, you can almost see, okay, well, what's trending on Pinterest today that's probably going to manifest itself on other platforms like Instagram and maybe Twitter and definitely TikTok in the next month, two months, maybe three months, depending on the event. And I was like, wow, that's too, that's, that's a, a good way of looking really at it. interesting perspective. So I haven't started on that yet, but that is going to be part of my monthly planning is taking a look at Pinterest, seeing what's trending. And if there is an option or if there is a way to repurpose what is trending or to think about what's trending and how that's going to how we can manifest that on Instagram or any other platform where it makes sense is a really, really cool concept. And so, yeah, that that's it, it's had me thinking one, it, it has me thinking that I should just be on Pinterest, not for hashtag paid, <laughs> but just for myself, like there's so much good stuff happening. Um, but two, that idea of market research, I think is super, super important. Yeah, it's interesting. Pinterest is not really the place that I would normally think to go for that kind of thing. But Mm. it is a good point. I mean, she's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely not wrong. But I think there is the the underlying idea is that, you know, where else can you go for inspiration? Yeah, one for inspiration, but two, to understand what is happening in the world to then relay that on other platforms. And so this being one, one of them is amazing. And if it can work out, great that's yet to be seen i haven't tried it yet but i will update you to yeah Yo, <laughs> you have to you know report back yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> i like the idea of that though because i know for me again with so much going on and there's always a giant to-do list i love being able to plan and sometimes mm-hmm. with tiktok i feel the pressure to immediately get on it and if i'm like five minutes too late i'm too late you know so yeah. it is a cool idea to kind of be able to take things from Pinterest that could possibly be trends in the future. And then you can Mm. take your time with them, let it marinate, really have some good ideas, create awesome content instead of just whereas TikTok is like, hurry up and get it posted. You have to do it before it's above 10,000 views or it's not even worth it. It's a lot of pressure. (laughs) hundred. Well, that's the thing that I think about all the time too, is I'm, uh, this is maybe my employers won't like me if I say this, but I'm (laughs) not a planner. Like I like being inspired in the moment and and then putting that thing out and trying to see that thing come to life. And if it works, great. Let's figure out what's next. And if not, whatever, move on. And so I have such a hard time planning because to me, planning is so boring. It's like, I'm going to have oh, yeah. an idea in two weeks <laughs> that I don't have today That's I know is going to pop up, pop off. I don't know what that is because yeah. that's just how I operate as like a creative ideas person. So I, I'm always going between that struggle <laughs> of like, ah, do we plan to save time or do I not? and get stressed but that stress leads to just more creativity because of what of what inspiration is going to happen so to all the planners out there you included shout out to you guys (laughs) i don't know how i don't know how you plan so far in advance there always has to be i think some flexibility with planning because so many times i know for me like i like to plan a week in advance because i Mm. if i ever tried to plan a month in advance there's just too many things that change throughout the month that it would just never stick and then it would be the biggest waste of my time Mm. so i try and do a week in advance where i can say okay realistically I think this is pretty solid on what's happening next week it's also like a time where I kind of know what's going to start trending and I can work on it so I do think if you are planning you have to be open to the idea of flexibility because it's very much 
almost never going to go the way you want it to. Hundred <laughs> percent. It is. It's mental and creative and time suck gymnastics every single day <laughs> if you're not planning. But there again, yeah. benefits, pros and cons to, to exactly. one side versus the other. Very true. So when you're planning your content for hashtag paid, how important is diversity on a social media platform like the one you run? Um, you know, as someone who's planning out that entire feed. Yeah. Uh, it goes if if someone comes on this podcast and you ask them that question and they're like, oh, diversity is not important. <laughs> like that would be ridiculous. Uh, I'm hoping so, that never happens because yeah. I won't know how to respond. <laughs> <laughs> Just end the meeting. Like, gotta and, go. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, a hundred percent. It's super important, but I think it's super important for two reasons. So, outside of the idea that obviously you have to represent everyone in the world, yeah. like I, I think that should be a given. For us at Hashtag Paid, again, we're working with creators and brands, but talking specifically on the creator side, dude, like uh, creativity lives among every single person, like age, gender, ethnicity. I don't care if you have a cell phone or not, or if you, you live in like the hundredth foot <laughs> apartment in New York or, or, or you're somewhere right. in like the Sahara Desert, dude, creativity ha- happens all over. And so if you have access to our network, and to be a creator and have access to internet and you can put out content, you can be a creator. Again, assuming that's the bar, that's everyone in the world. And so whether like, like we should not be discriminating on one, discriminating on any form of like identifiable quality. And two, we need to be so diverse because at the end of the day, like that's who we play to. And you want your audience to see themselves in what you're doing and what you're talking about. So obviously, stupid, stupid important to, yeah. to be diverse. Now, how that works out is, is it, it's an interesting conversation because a lot of the time, and this is what I found, and people can come at me and definitely give me, definitely give me advice for how this can happen. But a lot of the time, the, the groups that are underrepresented, their voices aren't as big and so when you're, tr- or are as loud. So when you're trying to figure right. out, well, okay, well, where do they live? Or like, who are the people that we're trying to understand? Like, who are the leaders in that community? Or how, or like, how can we represent that community? Or whether it's that ethnicity, race, whatever it may be. Right. You just naturally have to put more time in your day to figure out where is it that these yep. people live? And then how are you going to represent them? Which is why working with creators who are, part of those communities and they understand the nuances and they understand the link like the language and, and lingo whatever it may be is so so important um yeah and so for us like an inside look on that without you having to go do too much of the hustle a uh, hundred and you know it's not even so much of the hustle it's more just the idea like for example black history month right now and so c- coming at it as a social media manager I don't think it's useful for us to be like, we stand with the black community. Like, what's that going to do? And at the end of the day, we say that today. And then what? March comes around and and we're talking about like crafting month or whatever the hell it is. And so rather give the community the opportunity to speak, to educate, to feel heard, and then take what is being said and see how that can be applied 24 hours a day. 365. And so that's the approach that I took this month. It's like we're putting on a panel on, well, this will be on like the 17th of February. This will be before uh, (laughs) this recording comes out. But we just have seven black creators. One's going to moderate and they're just going to talk about like what are the realities of being a black creator? What, who's doing well, who's not, 
what brands are doing well, what aren't they, like how can they progress forward? And I think that's all that you really can and probably should do is just give people the microphone. Give them the floor. Yeah. Deserve it a hundred percent. And so coming back to it, yeah, super, super important because creativity lives among all of us and we work with creators. And so we have to be diverse. But at the right. end of the day, you don't have to be the person, like you don't have to be the company sharing that message. But what you have to do is find someone that you respect in those communities, in those marginalized groups and give them to your point the floor or give them the microphone to share the message, learn from it and see how that can then apply can, can apply to your marketing right. or communication in the future for sure. I love that. Yeah. Um, where do you, this is my last question for you. Yeah, yeah. And it's a big one. Sure. Where do you personally see the influencer industry going in mm. the next five years? Mm. A I lot don't of, even know how to answer that question. A, a lot of different places. <laughs> I think it's going a lot of different places. I think the interesting thing, the two interesting things that I think that I'm thinking about a bunch is one, creators actually building businesses beyond social. And we're seeing that now, not only because like last year, $5 billion were invested in the creator economy. And so not only do not only are there companies being built to help support creators beyond social, but people are realizing, oh, there's a massive opportunity here. Creators are the new world, they're the new brands, they're the new businesses, they have this tapped in audience, so we should empower them. And so seeing that movement happen where creators are going from social and then building something that just relates to who they are, but building that as a business, I think is really, really cool. We're going to see a lot more of that. The second thing that I think is really interesting is like, I come from the music world. And in the music industry, there's a practice where these large labels will empower some of their biggest artists to create a label, like a sub-label under that label. And they say, hey, we're going to give you X amount of money. Like you go find the talent, you sign talent to your, it's called an imprint label. Okay. And then the major label will then have, call it like first refusal rights. So if they see, oh, Kristen just got signed by Danny. Well, she's unbelievable. We have to sign her to like a major label uh, deal for us. Like they have the first option to take Kristen from Danny's label to their major label. And so I think we're going to see more of this in the creator space because there's so much untapped potential that we're just not seeing because of algorithms or as we were talking about communities. Right. Yet there are people that are so tapped in that I think there's going to be, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I think there are going to be creators that are going to create spaces to say, hey, like this is where, like these are the upcoming creators. I want to make sure that they get seen. I want to help them along their journey. Let's lift them up. And there's going to be that cycle. So I think that's super cool too. That's a cool concept. So so I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I'm just like excited to see if that happens. And then the the last thing I think is, it's what, for example, Creator Now is doing like Airax Company with Zach Hanavar and, and Kate Ward, and they're building film school reimagined, but they're putting a lot of their focus on YouTube talent. Like YouTube is going to be the next Hollywood if it's not already. So True. what can we do to, again, groom the right talent and groom people to understand what it takes to be a successful creator, which may turn into a successful director or producer right. or such on YouTube. Um, so that idea of education in the creator space and creators taking what they know, monetizing that into a course, into a cohort, into whatever it may be, a community right. can also be super exciting. So tons of stuff. 
does it happen? Does it not? I don't know. But those are the three things that <laughs> I'm super excited about. Well, we'll be able to look back at this episode when it all does happen and be like, you called it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Gary, you know, Gary V, how he, oh, yeah. a lot yeah. of the time he'll be like, oh, back in 2011. And he shows him talking <laughs> about like social media is the future. And now in 2022, he's are. like, I told you. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> that will be us. So at the end of every episode, I open the floor for my guests to ask me a question of their choice. Mm. So. So the floor is yours. I want to know, how did you come up with the name Socialite? Uh, uh, Social media. So, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good question. It's funny. No one's ever asked me that. Um, so basically, my idea with Social Meet was to not only teach people how to use social media and whatever, the obvious things, but also have this balance of like, Again, connection, relationships, we're all still real people. So the idea was social me, as in like we're keeping the soul in social media because sometimes it feels like social media just like sucks the life and the soul out of you. So I think it's important for creators to understand, again, how to run a business, how to run their platforms, but also having balance and taking care of themselves and, you know, making sure their mental health is where it needs to be and that they're remembering. It's really all about connection. Like at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. the platforms were created for us to be able to connect with people and it's easy to forget that. So the whole concept was really to just make people remember, I guess, that, you know, it really is just all about genuine connection. Big fan. Big, big fan. I love That's that. really cool. <laughs> Thanks for asking that. No one, like I said, no one's ever asked that. For sure. Um, so thank you so much for for being here. For anyone who doesn't know obviously about hashtag paid or about what you're doing on hashtags paid uh platforms, where can we find you and all of that good stuff? A hundred percent. So we are hashtag paid on all platforms. Now it just depends like sometimes it's spelled out <laughs> hashtag paid because of naming restrictions. Sometimes right. it's the pound symbol or the hashtag symbol and then P-A-I-D. So we are all over on all socials <laughs> that De- definitely tap in to say hi, no matter where you are, more than happy to speak. Uh, from actually jo- being a creator on the platform, if you go to hashtag paid.com, there will be a button or a section that says like, are you a creator or for creators? Click on that, join our community. Take, it's so easy to set up. All you're doing is you're connecting yes. your socials, you're identifying who you are, what category you're part of. Again, connect your socials. And then once you've connected your socials, then you are in our network such that we can potentially send you guys brand deals. Um, what else to look out for? Your podcast. And then I have my podcast called Creator <laughs> Culture, where I interview creators that are making an impact in the world, which is also a shit ton of fun because as oh, yeah. as we've been talking about, creators are the they are the future in the sense that they're just doing so many, so many cool things that are impacting people every single day in a positive light, obviously in a negative light, but I only focus on the positive. <laughs> True. Uh, so there's that. And I don't know, we, we spotlight a creator every single week on hashtag page. So if you guys are looking for new creators to connect with or to potentially look out for and or follow, we spotlight a creator every single week from our community. We run a, uh, an Instagram live with them, five for five, some interesting questions. And so come be a part of the community. We're definitely going to be doing a lot more for creators in the coming 12 months as, as is necessary. Um, Join the community, come say hi, and hopefully we'll see you soon. And thank you so much for having me on, Kristen. This is a lot of fun. Of course. It's been a pleasure. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you loved every minute. If you learned something new, drop us a review and let us know what you learned. If you hear something in this episode that you want to chat about more, definitely send me a message on Instagram at yoursocialmate or kbusk. See you next week.